Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Fanbytes uh, re, re in parentheses watch podcast where mm-hmm. <laughs> we watch movies and we watch TV sometimes. We haven't done that one yet, but we probably will at some point. Um, but this one's going to be a little shorter than our last few episodes. We just wanted to get you one last app before the end of the year. Um, a little treat, you know, you can have little a podcast as a treat. Um, <laughs> yum, yum. And uh, mm, delicious. <laughs> So this week, this episode, we are talking about uh, Alan Resnick's 2014 short film, Unedited Footage of a Bear. And um, I just want to start off by reading something that Fanbyte contributor Gretchen Felker Martin wrote about this in her top 10 horror movies of the decade. Mm. Uh, so she had this, I'm just going to read this, what she wrote about it. Uh, Alan Resnick's short film, Unedited Footage of a Bear, which originally aired in the middle of the night on Adult Swim, is more like a recorded ketamine hallucination than a movie. (laughs) Starting with someone's candid cell phone video of a bear in the wild, it transitions with seamless dream logic to an ominously vague commercial for Claridrill, and then into a terrifying vision of reality in which the commercial star, a suburban mother, is confronted by her grinning doppelganger in the street. The commercial and the narrative which follows it are rendered fictionally indistinguishable by expertly unsettling editing. The psychotic home life of the doppelganger and her original's children gruesomely fused with the commercial's chirpy, antiseptic wholesomeness. It's a grueling viewing experience and a brutal reminder that human nature allows for the normalization of even the most terrifying things. So yeah, what did, uh, what did you guys think of this? So I have seen this like 15 times. Oh, something, wow. Something ridiculous. Because I, as as the kind of dork that I am, really enjoyed this sort of thing a few years ago. And really just sure enjoyed a good, weird adult swim thing. This was around the same time as like Too Many Cooks and oh, okay. other things of that elk. Just I just loved that there were these really ridiculous kind of experimental short films basically going around and being made and they were a little gruesome and they were basically horror movies but also comedy and also I don't know I I can't completely nail down the appeal of it for me at that time in history I think this is like 2014 ish maybe uh but it holds up watching it again today I was kind of like oh yeah this this was a delight uh and I just have to, um, I have to note uh, that it was actually twins 
who played the doppelganger moms. Right. Uh, yeah. I wondered about that when I saw the credits. Extremely good. Uh, and there are just like a lot of little touches where if you watch it several times, you just kind of get a little bit more of an appreciation for just whatever was going on in the creative team's heads. Uh, for example, the names of the cast of characters, uh, which is also very good. I took a screenshot, actually, Ooh. of, of the uh, specific names of characters. There are things like Stupid EMT and Smart EMT. And, uh, <laughs> Officer Crybaby was one that stuck Officer Crybaby. Uh, Lola Person, who is Officer Person, which is very good. It's just like, yeah, somebody's name is Lola Person, and they're Officer Person. It's just nice in that way. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it, it holds up as like a really weird hallucinatory horror movie in, in so many ways. Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually super surprised. I didn't know that this was a thing from 2014. I thought this came out like this year for some reason. Um, <laughs> I think I just assumed that. Uh, it was fairly new, but uh, yeah, wow. Because when I was watching it, my, my initial reaction was just like, oh, they're kind of doing like a Pelian horror type thing that's like drawing a lot of inspiration from Get Out and Us. And then now I'm realizing, oh wait, this came out before either of those things. So now I'm given to wonder, did this, was this the inspiration for Us? Jordan Peele, come on fanwith, tell us. <laughs> the the truth um because yeah there is definitely like you know you can kind of guess what's going on for the most part from uh from gretchen's description that marriage is read out but yeah it's uh, very much just like this being confronted with like a dark doppelganger version of yourself who is referred to as duplicate in the credits uh who is credited first in the movie or in the in the credits which makes me wonder is this in order of appearance because who is the true duplicate really um is it the mom or is it is it Jacqueline Donnelly or Carrie Donnelly who can say um real her story situation here you know? also a very us situation spoilers for us <laughs> um but yeah uh i don't watch a lot of these things like i don't watch a lot of adult swims weird live action stuff i've never I don't, honestly i don't even watch a lot of adult swim at all these days i still to this day have never seen too many cooks so i legitimately wasn't sure what i was getting into when I came to this. Um, it, it's just something that I've kind of absorbed through osmosis over the years is that I know that they do some weird stuff and it has always seemed like very much not my sort of thing. Uh, I would still say that this is probably not my sort of thing uh, in terms of just like, uh, I like to watch, when I watch horror, I like to watch creature features and, you know, weird splattery things because I, I admired the craft and I'm always, like, very pulled into, like, the, uh, cool designs and, uh, places where people are allowed to get really wild with that sort of stuff, which definitely happens in this thing as well, but I am kind of, uh, uh, kind of a baby for, uh, very psychologically, um, intentionally ang anxious uh, stuff, mm -hmm. and it is why I still to this day I haven't seen Hereditary because it seems like a kind of movie that would just stress me the fuck out. Um, <laughs> Accurate, yeah. And this, uh, I I imagine this is somewhat like that. Yeah, I mean, imagine watching this not on YouTube at like three in the afternoon, right. but seeing it when it originally aired, like <laughs> in the middle of the night, and it starts off as just like this infomercial, and becomes this just very unsettling film and i noticed there was something when it's on youtube and i, I have to imagine this wasn't on the original tv showing right because uh -huh. there is there is a faux youtube ad uh uh like pop-up thing on the video where it says like 
ad in like three, two, one, and like there's a skip this ad button, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just part of the video. That couldn't have been there in the original broadcast. Right. No, it wouldn't have been, right? Um, so that's kind of an interesting choice to adapt it to this medium. Yeah. Um, which does, because, I don't know, I feel like that does a lot to make it more kind of natural on the platform. But the, I feel like the editing here yes. is really the star, like Gretchen mm. pointed out. Uh, especially towards the end, some of the editing with the the motion of the duplicate yeah and um and the lighting uh mm-hmm. in that last scene where she's laying on the stairs like what is i'm not even sure like how that effect <laughs> is achieved danielle do you know what what's going on there as what a film specific person? shot when she's at the when here, she's laying on let's go into this let's, she's like okay. cycling Dive between right realities right so it's, she's laying on the stairs and the light is kind of like strobing but then it, it looks almost like uh, they're slowing down and speeding up the film, um, and the yeah. music is doing the same thing. I'm, I'm legit. I'm gonna pull it up right now and be like, let's, yeah. let's have fun with this. Oh God, I have an actual ad that I have to not go away. <laughs> this is absolutely perfect. So there's well, like, I've got like ten seconds of an ad to fill here. So I'm gonna it, guess it had to do with speeding it up, possibly in the video that they shot, and then possibly slowing it down, but not to the same degree let's see Mm. let's see okay so when it's like a close-up on the the sort of doppelganger who's really messed up their face no so i'm talking about like like about 925 okay let's go there let's go there okay it's the it's the oh yeah we've got a strobe effect from the like 911 like from the ambulance Mm -hmm. and then yeah yep I would say that's probably some time manipulation with like a very heavy, intense strobe effect kind of going on there. Interesting. Hmm. Um, God, that's yeah, so what is, I, I, yeah. I love the editing in this. Like I actually, as somebody who is a giant dork for editing and will go on for hours and hours in lectures with my students about like how editing is the real star of the show a lot of the time and how it isn't just used to fix mistakes. It isn't just used to kind of patch things together, but actually like really dictates tone and pacing for a lot of things. It is. Oh, and Jilly here. Yeah. Is that, is that, yeah, your dog is starting to growl because (laughs) she's really upset about seeing this woman in pain on my screen, which is extremely good. Yeah. She, she got a little upset there. Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, the thing about this that makes the editing so good, I think, is because you're never clear who is who, and it's never clear whether the sort of doppelgangers always existed or they only exist because she's now taking this experimental medication that's supposed to make you better. Uh, there is a line at the beginning that's like, as a mom, I feel like I have to be in two places at oh, once, which is like right, very much yeah. like a thematic clue to what's, you know, quote unquote going on here if you like that sort of thing. I don't know that you need right. to do that with this. This is like a really good tone piece either way. But I do think that's sort of like, oh, the clue to what's going on here is this <laughs> this medicine will like either shift reality or create clones or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and <laughs> the editing really supports that in terms of you just don't know who is who. Like all you have to go on are sort of like costume choices. And as the sort of three of them merge in some ways they're all kind of messy they're all kind of gross they're all kind of messed up and it just becomes this this idea of who is who is impossible because it's all 
Jacqueline or whoever or Carrie. It's all her. It's all the mom. It's all an entire giant mess. Like the the drugs you take to make life bearable uh, actually aren't worthwhile, and they make things worse. Um, or or and or uh. make you see bears. I'm not sure about that one. That part is that part is different. But yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm <sighs> God, yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure where to start with this. I will. I do want to say one thing that I just noticed while you were uh, talking about that, while we were thumbing through the video. Um, <laughs> Merit, to circle back to what you had said about the uh, adapting it for the internet, the actual uh, uh, description on YouTube actually leans into that sort of adaptation thing, too, um, where the, <laughs> the description of the video said, this is unedited raw footage of a bear I filmed with my cell phone. I'm not sure what kind of bear this is. Um <laughs> Which I think actually does kind of tie back into what you were talking about, Danielle, too, with the editing, which is, you know, all of this sort of stuff comes together, like, most of the movie is, the film, the short film, whatever you want to call it, is basically just, like, it is the craft around it more than it is necessarily the um, specific events that are going on, because the specific events that are going on are very silly and ridiculous and hard to parse, uh, including the fact that throughout this whole thing, they the, the kind of the closest thing to a joke that this whole thing has in it is the fact that every 30 seconds to 45 seconds or so um it puts down different like little in fine print disclaimers at the bottom of the screen to remind you yeah. hey this is still supposed to be in the fiction of what you are watching this is still supposed to be an ad for like allergy medication or whatever <laughs> um which most of them by the way are actually like serious like most uh, of them are are fairly like oh side effects this side effects that but there is one that says something like Oh, if somebody's face is all over you, that could be serious. There's like yeah. a couple that are actually a joke, but enough of them are serious that it is kind of jarring and kind of putting you at ill at ease as if the, you know, the rest of the production isn't doing that basically. Right. Huh. Which is uh, very good. Yeah, I, and do we know uh if this person who made this uh video or the people who made this video have done other um things for Adult Swim, if they've gone on to do, like, feature-length stuff, or they did feature-length stuff beforehand, or anything like that, or is this kind of, like, a one-and-done sort of situation? Uh, yeah, no, Alan Resnick has done uh, done a bunch of stuff. Like, this is sort of his whole vibe. Okay. Um, he did... Uh, he did these... the series in the early 2010s called Alan Tutorial. Okay. <laughs> yes. And um, it was him... It was, like, a tutorial thing, right? So he's, like, He's just explaining how to do things, um, but then it just progressively becomes uh, like more and more horror-like. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, then he, what else? Um, he did a special called uh, "Live Forever as You Are Now," which was also part of the infomercial series on oh, Adult okay. Swim. Uh huh. And uh, since unedited footage of a bear in 2016 he did a short film called this house has people in it okay uh and so it's basically just surveillance camera footage but then it leads to this like arg uh, on this fake security company site okay and his latest film was in 2018 called may i please enter mm, okay i've not seen that one yet no i think um no, I haven't actually seen any of his other things, but uh, oh, he also has something called electronic game information. 
Okay. Uh, which looks... Oh, is he still doing this? Okay, here, let me... Uh... Oh, you know what? I don't think he was... Uh... I think he just guested on uh, on an episode of this. Okay. Which This is like an Adult Swim games uh, production. Gotcha. I don't know how serious it is, but... Um... I, and then that actually, like, I can kind of definitely pick up on a theme here, like kind of a trend. And I'm kind of curious, do you guys watch a lot of these kinds of things? Do you watch, Do you guys know too many cooks, at, like, universe, extended oh, universe? Yeah. Is this, like, something that you guys, like, have uh, done a lot with in the past? In the past, yeah. I, I mean, okay. I've, I've not caught up with this uh, sort of trend. But like I said, I, I, I kind of got really into this at, at one point in life. Like, when this was kind of big, when it was, like, you know, the sort of thing we would, talk, we would write about on Polygon or, or whatever. Or, like, my partner at the time would be like, oh, God, we have to see this. Like, it, it was sort of a thing we would get into together and watch and then just sit there and be like, that was fun. Uh, yeah. There's a Is it, though? I, I think so. I, I also am an editing nerd. So, you know, <laughs> I'm the kind right. of person who would sit there and count shots and think about framing and be like, I wonder how much fun this was to make or think about like think about it like a little puzzle as it was to make that sort of thing. I'm a loser like that. So okay. <laughs> like I completely understand if this is not uh, everybody's bag, but right. they sure are fun for me to uh to kind of piece together. I think the thing about this uh, this piece that elevates it a little for me beyond just like the whole, oh, it's weird. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it's like weird adult swim stuff is just like the craft of it um, because it just, it does feel very like restrained and, and tight. Like it's not, I feel like it's not just like leaning on, um, on the wackiness of it, you know? Like right. too many cooks, which is like the right. Opposite. Too many cooks. A little is like <laughs> it. Yeah. It feels quite long. Um, I don't remember how long it actually is, but it <laughs> I've been feels scrubbing through it this longer. entire time. It's the same length. It's about eleven minutes. Yeah. Okay. It feels a lot longer, um, mostly just because of the re- the repetition of it. But too many cooks is just like the one bit, and it just sort yeah. of like repeats over and over. And it's like, oh, it's like funny because of how absurd. And um, eventually horrifying it is, but but that wasn't him. That was someone else. Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, I feel like you can see the difference between them. Like, too many cooks is more of a gag to me, and I, yeah. I can see why it would pop off more than than this did. And I think it. Th- I think that's true because I remember too many cooks oh, getting yeah. like blasted everywhere i don't remember that happening with this well i can tell you well i can tell you two things one of which is that i had heard of too many kicks before this and they did come out the same year and that i had never heard of unedited footage of bear and just looking at youtube too many cooks has 18 million three hundred nineteen thousand fifty six views uh unedited footage of bear has about four million yeah okay, yeah so this is a complete short film like you said merit the too many cooks is basically a gag it's like I think it's it's a gag that kind of works and maybe should have been a little shorter, but like it it made me laugh again at the time. I haven't seen that in five years or whatever it's been. Uh, but this to me is a complete short film. Like it it has a narrative arc. It's a weird narrative arc, and right. like maybe it's not a traditional narrative arc. But there's there's a beginning, a middle, and an end here, and it and it goes places. <laughs> it actually reminds me of uh, Baba Duke more than anything. Mm. 
uh, as much as it's it's like playing off a, of, you know, uh, Stephen mentioning like hereditary vibes in in some ways. This yeah. is much more Baba Dick for me, which is the horror of Baba Dick, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but is sort of like a a parental figure or a parent becoming abusive, right? And this really is like, oh having children is hell like i i feel like that's kind of the thesis here right like the way she's talking about oh being a mom means i have to feel like i'm in two places at once and then uh taking this medicine either creates clones or creates personalities or whatever the fuck it does you know it it doesn't matter necessarily uh and my favorite scene in all of this which i think is both the funniest scene and the most disturbing is when she's like drawing on her children's pictures like she's like blacking like she's like using a black marker to sort of like black out areas of the faces of her children and that's where the uh disclaimer at the bottom comes up as like you might end up with somebody's face all over you and there's a scene where the kids are coming up like almost like christmas morning or their birthdays and like running up the stairs to find all these presents and it's like these greedy shitty children and then evil mom kind of jumps out of it bursts out from under this pile of presents which is just it's so horrifying it's truly horrifying and funny and the song that's playing in the background is this like (laughs) just whack ass like the the line and i get it stuck in my head all the time because again i watched this like 14 times a few years ago it was like burn down the community gardens and replace it with glass it's just this like mom evil mom punk anthem it's very, very interesting and good, and I, I just, I love that shot also because it's really blown out with the lighting. The whole thing, uh, all the sort of dream sequences have like semi fisheye lenses and wild ass lighting and weird colors and like clearly like they spent a lot of time either working with lenses or working with I don't know this may have just been shot on video, which is entirely possible, but like. And it probably was, to be honest with you. Like, I'm sure they didn't have, like, a huge budget for 35mm film or anything. But, like, it's just everything is off-kilter and tilted and canted and weird and fun. And, uh, yeah. Again, this is almost like Babadook on drugs in a lot of ways for me. Which, uh, as somebody who loves Babadook and thinks it's, like, a masterpiece, that's interesting and wild. I do want to ask about... um, the sort of tone shift in the beginning. Like when we go from like the music and the very like commercial aspects to the kind of long drive, that kind of transition period. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do y'all think of that kind of aspect? I mean, um, it's definitely the, well, okay. This actually might circle into something that I was, I was thinking about mentioning as well. And I was just doing a little bit of reading to figure out how the timeline works out on this, but this whole thing. So, and I was scrounging through too many cooks, having never, like I said, just having never seen too many cooks because I thought that that the sort of thing wasn't for me because like, you know, wanton violence is rarely a good material for a joke for me personally. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Like, you know, some people, you know, like BoJack Horseman or whatever, <laughs> but like some sometimes like that kind of super stressful stuff just doesn't work for me for gags. Um, mm-hmm. So I never watched it. Uh, so I sc- sc- like kind of uh, scrubbed through it a little bit just right now to kind of get an idea of what was going on in there. And it actually made me, th- weirdly enough, to just bring it back to another uh, horror movie that um, probably a lot of people don't think about anymore, um, maybe for good reason, um, is VHS. Do you guys remember that? Oh, hell yeah. Definitely. That- that is a movie that I... Uh, Merit, did you ever see VHS? Uh, no. Okay. 
that is a movie that I want to like a lot more than I actually do. Um, it, it's a 2012, so two years before Too Many Cooks and Unedited Footage of a Bear. Uh, it's a found footage horror movie about like these uh, guys who break into a house and find um, a, a VHS tape or several VHS tapes with all kinds of different um, little home movies on them that become horrible in different ways. Um, and, you know, horrible things happen to them in the house and stuff, stuff like that. And... Some of the bits... It's an anthology horror movie, basically. Uh, yeah. It, some of the bits work, and some of them don't. One of the ones that I think works better in that movie is one called Tuesdays of the 17th. Um, mm-hmm. Which, maybe, Danielle, you know what I'm talking about. It's the one that takes place in the woods. Yeah. Uh, and that one is, like, in a very much a sense of, like, Too Many Cooks, is, like, interruptive horror. It's, like, this weird sort of, like, it, it kind of... The monster in that thing cannot be captured on video films or or something like that so like there'll be you know footage of people talking and then you'll see this weird sort of like specter walking around glitching out the the camera as it's walking and then it will cut from you know the the camera will glitch and a person who was standing there one moment ago suddenly has a knife through their head or something like that um which too many the cooks also does the similar thing with and to bring that back to unedited footage of bear um this one, I think, de- uh, tries to achieve a lot of the same kind of ideas, but does it in less of, uh, I would say, maybe a hokey way by having that big long scene of, like, um, her driving around or whatever, instead of, you know, just, like, using kind of special effects to make a glitched out camera thing the way that both of those other films do you have this long drawn out sort of slow burn build of her on the road as she like is seeing things like what appear to be police pulling out liquefied human remains out of a building is kind of what i took from that um and like people screaming and her coming up to the the and this is the moment that feels the most like jordan peele to me is like when she finally sees the doppelganger uh out in the street and then it and then everything all hell breaks loose all at once after that slow build instead of just like flipping a switch and then it takes over um it's very much like allows itself time to be a different thing so that you're not quite sure what to expect but it is still like interruptive is maybe not the right word. It's not quite what I'm looking for, but it, like, you know, takes a corner that you're not expecting, but it, it mm. earns it in a way that maybe some of these other things don't. Yeah, I think it's a good word for that. It, okay. it is literally interrupting, like, the convention of what film looks like a lot of the time. Right. So, yeah. I don't know if you had any thoughts along those lines, Merit, or anything like that. No, I mean, I feel like the the interruptions in in this film are interesting because they aren't because it does make use of of abrupt cuts uh at some mm. places but the majority of it is sort of one long slow slide yeah um, so from the the you know explicit commercial portion of it into unsettling into horror and also the fact that that the sequence in which that happens is the character physically moving like physically driving right uh, out of the commercial into like reality quote unquote um like the color literally changes multiple times like the color scheme of the of the thing as she's driving yeah and i thought that was interesting and i think probably contributes to to what gretchen uh, described as like a, a ketamine hallucination uh, <laughs> quality of it because it is like time is 
very confused. Um, and it, in the cuts and in that footage at the end, it is sort of like jumping forward and backward very quickly, or it's it's jumping and stopping. But the the whole thing is uh, encompassed by this like long, slow, almost imperceptible shifts or series of shifts over the course of it. Um, that's punctuated by these like really violent cuts or really violent uh, acts. Right. And to me, that makes the rhythm of it really compelling. Yeah, that's actually a great word for it, like, is rhythm. Like, I, again, maybe not the best way in the world to watch Too Many Cooks, to be fair, to Too Many Cooks or whatever, but just, like, scrubbing through it and everything like that. Like, the the rhythm to it, the, the thing with that is that it feels, I bet it feels long because it is a thing that is replicating a thing that you are familiar with, but it just keeps, like, extending that thing beyond what it is supposed to be and doesn't use that to its like benefit the way that like because in too many cooks it's like presented as a like a family matter style sitcom from like the mid 90s or whatever at intro sequence and but then it just keeps going and going and going and going whereas with this it keeps going and going and going but i think much more subtly like keeps the keeps that gag going with the like um on-screen sub or side effect uh subtitles and you know doesn't like it, it intentionally draws itself out and, like, leaves, it exits that style of medium thing, and then it tr- draws you back into the reality that that is what you're supposed to be watching periodically, mm-hmm. rather than just, like, kind of ignoring the, the, the medium it is supposed to be lampooning. It, it like, a- actually uses it to its benefit. Right, yeah. It's a weird thing. So, uh, I want to ask, what, what, if, what does everyone make of the bear? fuck you know it's a good question so like it it just it all begins is like it's a bear and there's like a camera person talking about the bear yeah and then just all of a sudden it's just it's a commercial and she sneezes i think the first shot on her is a sneeze like it's like it is yeah there's bear and then sneeze, chew. Like there's, it, it's on that cut. So it's like, yeah. at first, it's, when I first watched this, the first few times, again, I'm like slightly embarrassed by how many times I've. <laughs> not gonna lie, it's it's like a little bit like Jesus Christ, it, was I doing it seems up life? your alley though. You love horror, <laughs> like yeah, I get it. I know it's just very, ugh, yeah. Um, I thought it was like, remember Star Wars, kid. Remember that it was yeah. like a basketball. It was like a basketball game, and Star Wars kid had used that tape to like mm-hmm. do do mm. his Star Wars thing. That's what I thought they were going for at first. Um, but the more I watch it, the more I'm not convinced that that's really the case. Unless right. they're trying to say that the camera person here, who's clearly deranged, if they're going along with all of this stuff, like. Mm. had footage of a bear from one shoot that they were on like they're a professional camera person who's like oh yes i'll i'll do everything from beautiful nature photography to your claritol ad uh, is like a character in this and the more i think about it the more the editing and the framing kind of supports that idea that like there's somebody there's somebody here there's like a a presence behind the camera like a a presence of some kind that is directing all of which obviously in real life, yes, of course, there's a present directing all of this. But, like, in the fiction, I almost wonder if it's, like, 
you're supposed to be kind of weirded out by this person. It's also because they're like whispering at first about the bear and then they start kind of talking louder. And then at the credits at the very end, you can hear more whispering about the bear. Well, and actually, like, that's that's interesting to me that you bring that up, because, like, I wonder if that's a, maybe a difference between somebody who's just seen it now in 2019 on YouTube and their slightly altered version of it for that versus somebody who's seen it, like, for many years prior, because my interpretation of it is very much that this is supposed to be, like... Uh, somebody who was out hiking, we, they are like, you know, it's like a nature footage, like kind of like double rainbow type thing more than I think like a, uh, uh, mm-hmm. than a Star Wars kid type thing. I think of it's, it's more like, oh yeah, they, they saw a thing in the woods or whatever. And they're whispering, not because they're trying to be creepy or anything like that, but because it's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to spook the bear. I don't want to, you know, get his attention, but, uh, but look at this, look at, Hey ma, ma, come look at this fucking cat. Uh, <laughs> kind of thing and then because of the way that it is like edited here uh, and that it's, it's supposed to be like okay and because it's youtube here's an ad real quick before we bring you back to the footage gotcha. of the bear which is what's going to happen next and then right, the ad yeah. is the fucked up thing yeah yeah that makes so much sense i am probably reading way too much into it <laughs> considering what's going on here I mean, it would be uh, it would be slightly different. That's almost what's been weird to me is like maybe I just don't have a good recollection of what the internet was like in 2014. Well, I guess I do, but very specific parts of the internet in 2014. Yeah, right. Um, but I guess yeah, it would have been about that era. It's it's so weird to me because watching it now, it feels like such a thing that is specifically designed to go on the internet as a gag on the internet versus a thing mm. that would be broadcast because it mm. is like. You know, that's what people do with weird footage that they take on their cell phone cameras in the woods. You know, that candid camera type stuff. They put it on the internet and they forget to change the file name. So the YouTube file is called like 0HF-11692.IMG <laughs> or something like that. And it's strange to me that they would have aired this on TV first. But I guess like they got air, you know, airtime to fill. They're, they're putting out Truth Point Dark Web Rising one hour a week now or something like that. So like, I guess that makes sense. It went on at 4 a.m. too, which is very important about this. That's like, wild. There, how many people do you think actually caught this when it first aired at 4 a.m. on Adult Swim? Like, not many, <laughs> it, I bet. It, it feels like one of those things that, like, oh, I was there for Nirvana's first concert. You know, <laughs> like it just feels like such a weird ephemeral thing. But I, I do think you're right about it feeling very much of. I mean, obviously, people were on YouTube in 2014. Like, yeah, it, it was not new at that point. Um, and it, I, I just wish I knew. I do wish I had an answer to the question of whether or not you can skip this ad was actually on the broadcast or if it if they put it on afterwards right. on youtube like i do wish there was like a little bit more about the making of this but i i wish there was a little bit more about the making of everything because i'm yeah i'm that person who who wishes they knew everything about the making of things that i like <laughs> I, I think that's maybe almost my number one takeaway from this whole thing is like i just want to talk to this person who makes these things and ask them questions about all sorts of stuff <laughs> uh oh yeah. I, I might, uh, I also might be interested in looking up more of this. I don't know. Like, I, now that I've seen it, uh, like, maybe, you know, I've said previously that I maybe didn't think I liked this kind of thing, but, like, there is a, you know, now that we've sat here and talked about it, I'm kind of more interested <laughs> in, like, examining the craft of these things or whatever. It's like, it, video games do this too. Like, there are video games along these lines, you know, spoilers for Doki Doki Literature Club, but Doki Doki Literature Club is kind of a very similar thing conceptually to all this. 
Um, yeah. And I love it when games do that. There are a lot of horror games that do that, like Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm kind of interested in Do you mean, like, that have more. this kind of, what what is this? What is this actually made for? Like, right. what is the intent? Like, that actually actively want the player or the reviewer to ask those questions. Right. That That yeah. bring them in and say, like, hey, here's one thing, and that, like one way or another decide to change what they are in a in, to be something completely different uh and play sure. with your expectations of based on like marketing and things like that and like i there is something so very like post-capitalism <laughs> so, like post-market <laughs> about about these sort of things where it's like almost eschewing the uh, very idea of being advertised because to advertise what it really is is to give away the gag and if you give away the gag then people who might be interested in it know what they're getting into but then you give away the gag and it loses its potency immediately so like by their very nature these things can't really be like huge commercial successes except for i guess too many cooks because maybe it is so just like over the top and wild and has so many prosthetics and stuff um that I'm kind of interested in, like, what makes one pr- want to pursue a career making those things, because it sounds like this person, according to you, Merritt, makes a lot of stuff in this vein, um, or at least something with the same spirit behind it or whatever, and, like, I gotta imagine they're not in it for the money, right? Like, just because of the way that these things are crafted. I'm gonna tell you a dark secret. Okay. Baby Danielle, aka 23-year-old Danielle, <laughs> made a lot of experimental films on 16 millimeter film. Uh huh. Not all the way this, of course, because I was like a student filmmaker, and you know I had resources at my hands were like my grad school film department and nice cameras, obviously, but like I didn't I didn't have access to like high level talent or anything. Sure. I can tell you that making wild shit like this is just just lunacy and fun. Like it is just <laughs> honestly so much fun it's so goofy yes you can take it way too seriously or you can completely and i don't know i obviously i don't know resnick i don't know him at all but when i was doing things of this ilk again on a much lower level i was doing it because it was extremely fun to play with format and make just stupid wild shit like it was just a ridiculous fun purely creative exercise and like if I could speak for him, a person I don't know in the slightest, <laughs> I would say it's possible that he was like me in that way. That, like, making wild shit is just fun uh, and a fun creative exercise. And a fun creative exercise, like, I'm having a blast right now talking about this thing that I clearly like uh, uh, to an embarrassing degree. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's, it is just, like, a celebration of these weird elements kind of coming together. And that's the appeal for me. Uh, again, it's, uh, you know, not necessarily something I think, like, holds up to super intense narrative scrutiny or anything, uh, along those lines. Right. Uh, if I showed this to my dad, he'd probably be like, is that why you spent $180,000 on grad school, Daniel? <laughs> like, is this, <laughs> this is what that was for? <laughs> but, like, yeah, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> Good. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, <laughs> does anyone else have anything they want to add, or do we want to wrap up? I, yeah. I, yeah, I just, I just want to say, don't take Claire at all. That's all I got, you know. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, or do you know? I'm not your, <laughs> or I'm do. not your dad. Get in touch with your inner three selves, you know. Yeah, are there three of them? Like, I'm not. 
Because there's definitely, like, there's that one weird <laughs> version of her that's on the phone, but she's wearing, like, a completely different outfit than either of the other two. Ta-da! I think there's three, but, you know? Yeah. Again, yeah. that's up for interpretation, like many things mm. in unedited, mm. an unedited footage of a bear. Right. Uh, I guess one thing I'm kind of interested in, like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Adult Swim exists <laughs> sometimes, just because <laughs> uh, even if not everything they make is for me, like... I, the stuff like that, that like doesn't get made at this sort of like mid-tier budget sort of thing without like them around, and I don't know how they necessarily came into being <laughs> the way that they have. I don't know how Adult Swim <laughs> like reached an audience and continues to get money and is on the same network that plays Adventure Time and Steven Universe <laughs> and The Adventures <laughs> of Gumball. Um, but I'm sure glad that, like, uh, things like this are allowed to have enough money to reach an audience like this. Like, uh, you know, even for, you know, 4.9 million or whatever people watched this thing. It's not, like, the biggest thing in the world or anything like that, but it's sure, sure more than something like this would ever have reached if it had just been a thing by itself, right? Yeah, it mm-hmm. would have just been video clubs at colleges. They would have had the one VHS tape that everybody got really high and watched seven times. Like, that's right. what it would have been in the past. And now it can at least reach all the weirdos or, or, or whatever. I'm calling myself a weirdo. But, like, <laughs> it, now it can reach whoever is interested in this, this sort of weird, fun, you know, semi-experimental sort of form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yay. yeah well uh yeah then i think that will basically do it for this episode of you'll have to see it uh danielle do you want to tell people where they can find you online i sure do if you want to hear me talk about being a 23 year old experimental filmmaker (laughs) you can find me on twitter at danielle ri cool Uh, and steven Hi, you can find me on uh, Twitter at at Steven Strom. I was never a filmmaker, but I write sometimes. <laughs> Interesting. Well, uh, you love to see it. Yeah, you love to see words, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we, you love to read it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Merit K. And um, do we have a sign off for this one? Um, yeah, I wrote like a thing. You want me to read the thing? Please. All right, so uh, the usual sign-off for this uh, delightful uh, delightful show is... <clears throat> oh, God, it's down underneath all this stuff. Okay, I got you. <laughs> That's all for this week. We hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Be sure to rate and review our podcast. Please do it. Actually, really does help. You can listen to all our stuff at fanbyte.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, Instagram at Fanbyte, TikTok on at Fanbyte, and, of course, fanbyte.com. And please do also... Uh, watch Late Lunch, our excellent Monday, Wednesday, Friday talk show on twitch.com slash fanbyte. Cool. It's twitch.tv slash fanbyte. <laughs> I just realized that. Sorry. <laughs> gotcha. It's fine. There you go. It's all the same, really. It's the internet, yeah. right? Yeah. You'll love to see it. <laughs> oh, you super do not love to see the internet most of the time, honestly. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Bye, everyone. See you next time.
that was super fun. 